This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com slash milk and enter the offer code COOKIE at checkout. A better web starts with your website. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have it. You can have any. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about canned tomatoes. And we've decided this is going to be a canned pun fest, and if you don't like it, you should probably just get off the bus here. Um, uh, yes. So this not only To be perfectly candid. Okay, Okay, I think that's all I can say. Okay, great, okay. Uh, Um, this episode was not only suggested by listener AJ, but listener AJ... Is that, ra- his, is that his first name, listener? Uh, <laughs> yes. First name, listener. Last name, AJ. Uh, it's a very unusual name. I think I think it may be... Uh, um, what, what nationality would you say that is? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take the bait there. Okay. Uh, AJ, who is a woman... And, and, I'm really glad and that is that is that. her first name. Uh, not only suggested this, but handed us a can of of uh, tomatoes this morning and said, "I want to be sure you try this one. It's my favorite one." Oh, is she the woman? She owns Remedy Teas. That's right. Oh my gosh! Well, AJ, we love your tea shop. Yeah, if you're in Seattle, this is not this is not a sponsored message or anything. Go to Remedy Teas. It's great. I've written two books there. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Um, um, all right. So, but we're talking about canned tomatoes. Yeah, which I, it's I feel like it's something that we all kind of have opinions about or we all use canned tomatoes we all have them in our houses and yet we never really just taste them or yeah. talk about them or think about it's like our children how, uh, yes they're, they're, they're always around the house but we never pay much attention to them right um so maybe we should start with like like why why canned tomatoes like when do you reach for canned tomatoes versus fresh tomatoes oh yeah oh yeah okay well so uh my number one use for canned tomatoes is like pasta sauce tomato sauce marinara like marcella hazan's tomato sauce with butter and onion love it all of these things you know there is a place for fresh tomatoes but i believe that I don't know. For me, tomato sauce for pasta 
I like canned tomatoes. I do too. I will very occasionally make a fresh summer tomato pasta sauce in the summer, but Mm -hmm. man, tomatoes in Seattle, you get like a two week window. Yeah. Um, I also use canned tomatoes in, um, in soups. I use them in chana masala. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think I've used them in a braising recipe from your book. Are they in your They are. They eat my short ribs with wheat berries recipe. I feel like like canned tomatoes are like this ubiquitous ingredient. They're like everywhere. We don't even think about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think tomatoes in general are a way of adding umami. Ooh, Uh, umami. And uh, and canned tomatoes, you know, they're one of the best canned things. Yeah. Um, You know, not... What are other good canned things? I like canned refried beans. Oh, um, really? oh, yeah. Canned coconut milk is pretty good. Canned beans. Yeah, canned beans in general. Yeah, canned Certainly. beans in general. You know, not a lot of things are improved by canning, but I think uh, canned tomatoes are one of them. Yeah. Okay, so there's, there's you go to the canned tomato aisle, and there are so many formats available. And, uh, you know, the first thing you have to choose is, like, how are they cut, if at all? So there's, oh like, my God. whole peeled tomatoes. There's and diced. There's like, and then there's crushed. There's petite diced. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's new. Oh, wow. Okay, then there's crushed. Well, then there's like, um, do we even get into tomato puree or tomato paste? I was wondering. Jeez, I think that's, I I think I think that's another that's thing. Another, another story. But then there's like fire roasted. Yep. And then they have seasonings. Some come with basil. Yeah, so how do you... How and then do you, some are those fancy San Marzano tomatoes. Yeah, which we have here today. Yeah, we do. Uh, they're making they're making a cameo appearance. Mm-hmm. What? Which ones do you typically buy? I, I noticed us- you brought with you a gigantic 10-pound well, can of tomatoes. I usually buy them, frankly, kind of based on the label. Sure. Am like- I allowed to admit that? I really... Um, so if I'm buying at the grocery store, I will usually buy San Marzano because, you know, like they're supposed to be better. San Marzano is a particular variety. They're kind of long. They have kind of a little point at, at the blossom end. Like a sharp point that you have to be careful of. Exactly. You know, they are like sort of the plum tomato. Uh, Was that a pun? Like the plum tomato? Like No. Okay. I mean, but that's a real, I'm so smart. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a punner and I didn't even. Nunner. Nunner. Anyway, but no, I feel like, um, you know, they are the prized plum type tomato. And when you say San Marzano, do you mean like the ones in the white can with the silhouettes of tomatoes? Yeah, I really like that can, and I will buy them just for that can. I really like that can I'm design, too. I'm a big loser. Too. It is like uh, that Italian tuna that we didn't like in the sense that the can is very attractive and it has nothing to do with Italy. Am I correct that, like, in order to be called San Marzano's, do they have to be from Italy, or is it just like a type, like uh, like you know, brandy wine tomatoes are a type of tomato? I think the latter, because that can of tomatoes is not from Italy. So anyway, okay. So uh, what I've brought today is Alta Cucina brand, uh, also with fresh basil. Uh, these are both of these. We should say are are whole peeled tomatoes. Alta Cucina means tall kitchen, right? High kitchen or high cuisine? That would sort of make sense. I'm going to go with tall kitchen. Uh, tall kitchen. Anyway, and these are um, these are grown in California. Uh, what are we going to do? Or do we have to eat that entire can? <laughs> what are we going to do with the leftovers? Oh, so the reason why I brought this can is because this is what we use at Delancey. We, okay. we first learned about this brand of canned tomatoes from Carla Leonardi of Cafe Lago. 
And uh, anyway, it is a spectacular brand. I think you will see, Matthew. I'm not sponsored by this company. I just love it. Alta Cucina. So, so do you prefer the whole tomatoes versus the diced oh, yeah. or the crushed? And if so, why? I think that they taste better. I mean, did you buy any chopped or crushed ones today? I because didn't. I went with all whole because I thought it would be a more interesting comparison. I it, do sometimes buy the diced, but I agree with you. I think the issue is that they use more um, calcium chloride to, to, uh, so that the little uh, chunks don't fall apart. It's yeah. a firming agent. Yeah. Huh, I gosh, I never thought about that, but I just I, I've definitely noticed that if you buy them whole and chop them, I do think they taste better. So is that true? Like, is that like a preservative or like a f- it's firming not a, thing? It's not really a preservative. It's to prevent them from falling apart during the canning process. And, and do they use it in all canned they tomatoes? They do. They use it in whole tomatoes also, but not as much, I think. This is naturally derived citric acid, but that's not. That's um, that's like to preserve the flavor and color, right? Maybe maybe they don't all use it. Let's see. No, I'm wrong. Um, the this uh, the San Marzanos I'm holding don't have it either. So some have it and some don't. Okay. Well, let's taste these. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna just open some cans and taste some plain tomatoes. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. And we have told you about Squarespace before. You've probably heard about Squarespace. And it is time for you to try Squarespace. Uh, you're going to wonder what took you so long. I know, I know. I mean, if you are like most of us and you have ever spent any time wrestling with HTML code, bumbling, shall we say, with HTML code. Struggling. Uh, Squarespace is going to solve all of your problems. Yes, they have a beautiful drag and drop interface. You choose a template that is uh, made by a professional designer and looks great. You can customize it. You can drag in all of the social media connections you want. You can make it look like your own. You do not have to get bogged down in code. And it's actually fun to build your website. When was the last time you had fun building anything? Never. Never. Uh, Yeah. Like, do you have fun building Ikea furniture? I guess that is kind of fun. But this Mm -mm, is more fun. mm -mm. The other thing that's really nice is if you do run into a problem, they have 24-7 support via live chat and email. I kind of like those live chat things on websites. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, uh, Lucy has entered the chat room. (laughs) Hello. Um, Hello, Lucy. (laughs) Plans start at eight bucks a month. You can afford that. Um, And uh, we're going to tell you how to save a little uh, when you sign up through our show. And if you sign up for a whole year, you get a free domain name along with it, which is quite a screaming deal. Yes. uh, You even get to choose the domain name. They don't don't assign you like, you know, um, bunkbeds.com or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good good domain name. (laughs) Probably taken. Anyway, so uh, here's what you're going to do. Um, you're going to go to um, squarespace.com slash milk. You're going to sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Um, you're going to start building your website. You're going to see how easy and fun it is. And uh, then when uh, when you decide to uh, to get a paid plan, you're going to uh, use the offer code cookie, and that's going to give you 10% off your first order. So if you sign up for a whole year, you get that free domain name, you get 10% off for the whole year. And we get to thank Squarespace right now, today, for their support of this show. Thank you, Squarespace. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. Okay, so we've, we've learned something important about, about tomatoes and the show and ourselves, which is uh, we just sat around tasting a bunch of canned tomatoes, and it was the most unfunny situation outside of a war zone. I, want, I mean, I felt like 
as we were slogging through it, that, that you felt like you could just see our podcast like failing. I could see it withering, dying on the vine. But I was thinking, like, I feel like I am working at some kind of job where I have to taste something all day and like it's going to ruin this food for me and I'm bored and like what what am I doing with my life if you had to get a job tasting some kind of food day in and day out what would it be Ooh. it can't be pizza oh god um ice cream would that be good or or would you get i guess no i think you'd get ice creamed out you know, when I worked at a cheese counter at Whole Foods, I had to sort of eat a lot of cheese because, you know, whenever oh, whenever yeah. we were breaking down a wheel of cheese or whenever we were, like, whenever a customer wanted to sample some cheese, we were supposed to taste it, too. Wait, I didn't know. Did I know you worked at the cheese counter at Whole Foods? Has I this ever come up that. before? I did that during college. I don't, I mean, it's possible you told me about this and I forgot it, but how could I, I mean, that's like the most interesting thing I've ever learned about you. <laughs> it is you, the so. most interesting thing about me. I didn't ever get tired of cheese. No, I think I think cheese is probably the right answer. But I feel like it, I, I think it's maybe a cop out. Like maybe I should spend my days tasting genetically engineered apples. Okay, you like, know, like you know how like now they've got the jazz apple, which I think they're thinking is going to be the new Honeycrisp. I I don't think I've heard about this. Really? There was a New Yorker article about it. Like, and I don't mean like genetically engineered. Is that this makes from a New Yorker like that you read recently when you were trying to catch up on the New Yorker while on book tour? No, this was like a long time ago. Oh, okay. They had an article about what makes us love an apple. I mean, specifically the Honeycrisp. Like the Honeycrisp, it has like just the right amount of sort of crunch and the, like the, the way the crunch is really juicy. Like you can feel the cells of the apple bursting in your mouth. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway... I think it could be kind of fun to taste like different apple varieties. I think that seems pretty good. I think is that would, a job? I think I would enjoy grapes. Well, it's like probably part of a job. So let's bring, bring Ooh, this grapes. back. Grapes. Then would you be making wine in like in my digestive system? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's how wine is made, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some rumination process. So let's maybe bring this back around to tomatoes because tasting tomatoes out of the can is not is not anyone's dream job. I don't think it's a joyless, thankless. And I think the thing we learned is they did really all taste different. And yet, at the same time, it's hard to know, like, what those differences would amount to after you did something with them. Right. Um, Because uh, nobody sits around and tastes canned tomatoes out of... Nobody eats them out of the jar. Right. And and as we we said, we're too lazy to make them all into sauce and taste all the different sauces. And I kind of suspect that how you make the sauce probably has more influence on the final flavor than which can you open to start with. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this, like, you know, there's there's that Marcella Hazan uh, butter onion sauce that mm-hmm. is so great that we uh, we gave the recipe to on the meatball episode. And that emphasizes, like, you know, the, this rich, silky, sweet side of tomato sauce. Right. And then um, but the you one can also do like an olive oil garlic exactly. kind of sauce, which uh, emphasizes completely different qualities. Yeah, that's the one that I make most often because you can you can make it in less than the amount of time it takes to to cook the pasta. You just put some uh, olive oil and garlic in a pan. You heat it up. You add some tomatoes, uh, some canned tomatoes, and uh, you cook it on high heat for a few minutes and uh, and add a little salt, and you're done. Do you think it tastes dramatically different from just the canned tomatoes? Yeah, I do because it's now it's got olive oil and garlic in it, um, and and also that that few minutes of cooking does make a difference. You know, it doesn't make yeah. the same kind of difference as cooking it for an hour or two like the other one does. That's true. When you are trying to sort of like 
uh, you know, chop these up to put in a, a, you know, sauce or soup or something. Do you chop them or do you mash them with your hands right into the pot? Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> I, I do usually chop them with a knife, but I don't know why. I guess I think one time I had a bad experience when I was squeezing it with my hands in the pot <laughs> and and it squirted on me. Um that's most. That's how most of my bad experiences end. <laughs> yeah, when you're squeezing something <laughs> in the pot. <laughs> yeah, on the pot. Okay, other things you can do with canned tomatoes. Have you ever made um, oven roasted canned tomatoes where you you cut them in half lengthwise and you roast them in a slow oven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have done it uh, in a decent amount of olive yes. oil as well. That's really key. Um, and they get so beautiful and concentrated and wonderful with like aged goat cheese and bread. Yeah. They I mean they're great like on an open faced sandwich you or know, a crostini or I actually uh did a recipe like that for Bon Appetit magazine. Oh. Uh, the recipe is actually adapted from Cafe Lago where I learned about Alta Cucina tomatoes. It all comes back. We can it link it comes to around. It. I do like the fire roasted canned tomatoes. Do you ever use those? No, I don't. Are they smoky? Um they are a little smoky, yeah. Mm. Um I uh one thing I do with them where they work really well is um we may have given this recipe before on the bean episode, but I make these uh, Rick Bayless's cowboy, cowboy beans. Cowboy beans. Yes. Yeah, I remember um, your cowboy beans. We, yeah, with bacon and canned tomatoes and uh, and canned beans. And uh, it's so, so quick and so good. And uh, fire roasted tomatoes really make a big difference there. What about, have you ever had Rotel? It's no. Uh, oh, isn't there some sort of like a cheese dip that you can do with Velveeta and Rotel? There is. And also you can use you can use Rotel in like basically anytime you would use canned tomatoes, but you want it to be pretty spicy. Rotel is actually quite tasty. So wait, what is Rotel? Isn't it? It's just a product. Right? Yes, it's canned tomatoes with chilies. Oh, and it's really I, I don't I don't use it often. I, I know there are parts of the country where where that are in love with Rotel, um, which I totally understand. But it's like the only flavored canned tomato that I typically buy. It's hard for me to listen to you say Rotel without thinking like no tell Rotel. What does that mean? Well, like a no tell motel would be like a, oh, where you go oh. with your prostitute. I don't think I've ever heard that term before. I think I learned it from my mother. <laughs> I think I learned it from you. No, I think I learned it from my mother. No tell motel. No, walk us through the whole conversation with your mother. <laughs> I don't remember. It's just, I, I, you know, the the vital part is now you know where to go with your prostitutes, I imagine, Matthew. I have been wondering this for so long, and I imagine you standing in front of a seedy motel with your mother and her saying, now, Molly, <laughs> are you familiar with the term no tell motel? Hey, would you like to take five minutes to help out the show and be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card? Just go to podsurvey.com slash milk and fill out a short survey about what kind of advertising you do and don't like to hear on ours and your other favorite podcasts. It'll uh, take you less than five minutes. It costs you nothing. We will not use your email address for anything evil. Uh, and in fact, we will only send you an email if you're a winner. That address again is podsurvey.com slash milk. Thank you so much for your help. So, I mean, we've we've talked about like what to do with canned tomatoes. We've talked we've talked about squeezing things in the pot. We're talking about squeezing things in the pot and getting squirted on. You know what else? What more is there to life? That's pretty much it. That is really all there is to life. That's uh-huh. that's the important stuff. We it, what we didn't talk about is that um, I, I do have something I actually want to talk about. Which oh, great! Is can openers. Oh, can openers okay, because so, your can opener is really nice. Um, the, my can opener, uh, which is not really nice gets used to open uh, 
canned tomatoes and canned beans more often than anything else by far. Um, I, I've had this can opener for a long time, and someone recently, like a uh, someone from a uh, consumer uh, uh, website, recently got in touch with me to ask if I had any opinions on can openers, and I kind of made up some opinions. Um, but like, what kind of can opener do you use, and do you feel like it does a good job? Um, so when I was growing up, we had one of those fancy electric can openers ah. that was like as big as a toaster. Wow! It sat on the counter, and, and sometimes you, it got up, and you <laughs> you would. <laughs> slide your can underneath there and kind of press this arm down and it would go and I remember I thought that that was what can openers were like I I didn't know that sometimes you you know that they made can openers that you didn't have to plug in I mean I don't know what I thought people ate on you know like (laughs) the old days when we used to all just eat out of cans you mean like when when, uh, we used to hop a freight train (laughs) Exactly. And need our ranch style beans. <laughs> right. Anyway, but um, now I have a really basic manual can opener from Goodwill. A good can opener is, is, is worth its weight in cans. Okay. <laughs> Great. Wow. That was our canned tomato episode. <laughs> you can find us online at spellmilkpodcast.com where we'll post uh, probably the, the uh, Marcella Hazan's uh, Onion, and butter, the, the cowboy beans, tomato, yeah, the the and the cowboy beans. You can <laughs> Marcella is on and the cowboy beans. That's her band. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash milk podcast, where we'll be doing our best to pretend this episode never happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> this week on Spilled Milk, nothing happened. Go, go home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, the show. God, I would have turned it off by now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, because I'm Matthew Amsterburton, and I won't stand for this. <laughs> and I'm Molly Weisenberg. Um, <laughs> secret egret. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you're my secret egret. <laughs> I just want you to know that. That's that's my best attempt at like a Barry White voice. <laughs> that was super sultry. What would a sultry. secret egret do? What, instead of like... Are, do what does a like, regular egret do? <laughs> it's a bird. <laughs> but doesn't it like stand on a cow's back or something? Oh, is that an egret? I think. The, the, or does an egret just stand in water with one leg up? Or is that no, a that's a, a secret egret. Okay, if if an egret is the bird that stands on a cow's back, a secret egret stands <laughs> on the side of the cow that you can't see. <laughs> what else rhymes? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 